0: Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good because he is always faithful and always good. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to another new Redemption Press author. Jessica Van Roekel and her new book, Reframing Rejection, How Looking Through a Different Lens Changes Everything. And let me tell you, this is an incredible conversation. You are not going to want to miss this. So before we roll this conversation, let me give her a proper introduction. Jessica Van Roekel loves the upside down life of following Jesus as she journeys to wholeness through brokenness. As an author, speaker, and worship leader, she uses her gifts and experiences to share God's transformative power to rescue, restore, and renew. She longs for you to know that rejection doesn't have to define or determine your future, when placed in God's healing hands. Jessica and her husband have two adult daughters spreading their wings and two high schoolers, a son and a daughter fluttering their wings as they edge closer to the nest. So let's roll that conversation. Well, Jessica, I am just so excited to have you on the podcast today. So welcome to the All Things Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful to be here.
0: You bet. It is an honor to have you share such an important topic with our listeners today. So um, big issue in my own life, and I know so many people people that are special to my heart, have struggled with rejection and really uh, not having an easy time of seeing good come out of it. So I'm excited for you to share with our audience today. But before we start on that, I would love for you to share your, just whichever Romans 828 story from your life. Um you feel like would speak to our audience. I'd love for them to just get a peek into how God works things together for good in your life.
1: Okay. Well, it's, it's funny. The story that keeps popping to my mind is, is not one that I expected. So we're just gonna, I'm just gonna lean into that and follow that. So I attended Bible college for one year and I was, I was, um, my major was biblical studies with a minor in music ministry. And I loved it. I loved getting to study the Bible and be a part of this traveling ministry team. And at the end of the year, I didn't have any money to go back. And so I just, I had no money. And so I didn't go back. And I really felt like the door shut on ministry, especially in music. And I, I'm like, well, I guess that's done. So I moved to Iowa, uh, got married, had kids, you know, volunteered in my church through youth ministries, women's ministries, kids ministries and occasionally I would sing a special a special for for church. And then about 10 years ago I got to step into the worship leading role for my church mm-hmm. and my congregation and I just remember, feeling like God gave me this gift. Like he, he said that that wasn't what you thought was bad and, and it, a door was shut. I was preparing you for this. So that, that is how I feel like he used Roman. My, my Romans eight twenty eight story is to see it come full circle, which mm-hmm. I know you love that word too, yeah. um, but full circle into an area that I thought I had to shut the door on and, and close he opened up and I've been able to to learn and grow and the best part is to lead my congregation to the very throne room of God and it's Mm. it's been just it's one of my greatest joys
0: I love that kind of the birth of a vision the death of a vision and the resurrection of it because it just looked different
1: yeah it just looked completely different
0: yeah wow Okay, well, we are going to just jump right into um, reframing rejection and some, I've got some questions here for you and I might go off script a little and just throw something else in that's unplanned, but let's start with this one first. It sounds like you've had a lifelong struggle with looking to others for your worth and your value. I think most of us have done that, but where do you think that that came from? And can you identify the first time that you actually remember feeling like you needed someone's approval for your self worth?
1: Oh, you know, I think for me, I I go all the way back to almost uh, first grade. You know, I I had a, a teacher that. Um didn't allow me to go use the bathroom when I needed to go use the bathroom and I would have an accident there in class. And so I would be tromped down to the nurse's office and I'd have to wear, you know, clothes from the lost and found box. And I can remember just feeling so ashamed. So, so rejected, I guess, by, by my um, teacher and, you know, classmates too. And I just, I remember not, I remember thinking, why. Well, I better just be perfect if I want people to accept me so that I don't ever have to feel this way again. So I remember carrying that from the time I was really small. And, you know, just I moved to a different school every year growing up. And, you know, kids are <laughs> tough. And, uh, you know, being the new girl, you don't always fit in and you're trying to find your way. And, you know, I was probably a pretty smart girl, but used it in a detrimental way and what i mean by that is i would try and figure out what other people would other people thought was really great and wonderful and that's what i would try and be.
0: Mm. Wow, teachers hold so much power. They do. Yeah. In you know sowing what either should not be sown into mm-hmm. a child's life or what should be. Yeah. And Wow. That's, that's, it's stunning.
1: <laughs> I to know. You go,
0: who in their right mind would do that to a child? I
1: mean. I know. <laughs> I know. I remember having my hand up in the air, you know, and she'd be teaching, she'd look right at me and look right away. And so I just remember being unseen and, and invisible mm. basically. So, wow. yeah.
0: Okay. So your book refers to two defining experiences that happened within six weeks of each other, a poor performance during a singing showcase and the loss of what you consider to be a dear friendship. Yes. What role did these two experiences play in helping you to begin to change your perspective on your relationship with rejection?
1: Okay. That is a great question. And I'm going to I'm going to back up just a little bit to the, those two events happened within a six week time frame, but the five months leading up to the very first event was mm-hmm. this period of time where I'm going to call it probably just downloading revelation after revelation, because what had happened is I turned about 40 and I'm, I'm like, wow, rejection has twisted me up into knots. I have let it boss me around for far too long. And I started observing, you know, how, we get so wrapped up in our own pain and discomfort that we don't don't have an outward view. Mm. But as I started getting, like, being really aware of what it was doing within me, how I perceived myself, how I perceived God, how I would interact with other people, I would start to look at other people and I'd be like, hey, they're kind of dealing with this, some of the same stuff. This is like a universal problem. And so it was, a, it was February and I was like, Lord, I'm done. You got to show me a different way to live because my way of coping with rejection is not working. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was it was just like, it was really the sweet time. You know how it's like a crash course in learning a new skill. So I had this crash course in all this knowledge and information and revelation. And then these two events happened and that was like my internship, So God took me through school of of my disordered view of rejection and replaced it with his view of rejection and how he wanted me to handle it. And and then these two events happened back to back. And it was like, okay, now you get an intern put into practice what I've shown you. And I look back on it now and I'm so grateful, so grateful for those happening so close together.
0: I love how he has ways that he illustrates his point. (laughs) And those were just like, uh, you know, exclamation point for
1: you. You couldn't miss it. Yeah, I couldn't miss it. And I was so determined to live different to, because one of the things that I really realized is that I can't rejection proof myself. That makes me really hard to people and bitter and grumpy and judgmental and critical but, and I can't eliminate it either because then that makes us perfect. And we seek after people's approval and their positive opinions and we fear their negative opinions. And so if I can't eliminate rejection and I can't make myself rejection proof, I remember praying, Lord, I want to know how to live free. You've set me free from the fear of rejection. You've set me free from chasing after people's approval so how do I walk in that freedom? Because I don't want to go back into my slavery. Mm.
0: So, so powerful. And that is, you know, they're just so, I mean, I just think about all the women that I meet um, and have met over the years who love Jesus, but yeah. they have never dealt with that root of rejection. Yeah. And to reframe it and to let God use it in our lives to to actually refine us. Yes. It's it's so much better than grumbling that, oh, it happened again, you know? Right.
1: Yeah. Wow. You're feeling like you wear a neon sign above your head that everyone else sees. that says, rejection, rejected, (laughs) rejected, don't like her, you know? We don't want to live our lives that way, but yet sometimes we do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, your book, Reframing Rejection, talks about four different types of rejection. What are the various types of rejection? And briefly tell us how someone can reframe their perspective on each one.
1: Okay. So this, when, I, when I'm when i going to say, when the Lord showed me these four different categories or types, I'm like, wow, knowing the different types gave me um, insight, and how to not let it wreck my life, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it helps explain, oh, I can have a different way of handling each one. I don't have to act like my world is ended. So let's talk about the very first one is, I call it actual rejection. So it's actual rejection. And that's defined as in, um, oh, so I pitch myself to a podcaster and they say, no, that's an actual rejection. Um, I apply for a job and I don't get it. That's actual rejection. Those are the no's that are part of life, right? So we can reframe that by trusting the Lord that he has something else for us, that that wasn't his exact will for us at that exact moment. Mm. So that, that's one way that we can reframe those actual rejections. Yeah. Then the noth- the another one is called perceived rejection. Mm-hmm. Perceived rejection is me walking into a room and assuming that you don't like me that yeah. that's that's like perceived. i looked
0: at you sideways or yeah, i didn't you, smile exactly, and acknowledge
1: exactly, you or whatever exactly yes yeah. it's it's pre rejecting myself on behalf of someone else right. that's perceived rejection how crazy is that right that and is so super how do we, crazy. it's super crazy but that that's one of my biggest struggles is that fear of rejection i'm afraid to be rejected so i deal with this perceived rejection. So I interpret everything through an already rejected lens. Mm. So to reframe that particularly is to, and this, there's a verse from Proverbs that says to look for the good and you'll find the good.
0: Mm.
1: Yep. And he used that Proverbs to really convict me. And so in what he showed me by perceiving that someone is rejecting me based on whether they're thinking about the dinner they burned the night before or an argument they had at their house. I'm I'm actually looking for the bad, I'm seeking mm, the bad, right? Instead of looking for the good. So to ha- to reframe perceived rejection is to look for the good. Mm, that's so,
0: that's powerful. I mean, it sounds simple. It's simple, but it's powerful. But it's Very powerful.
1: It changed. It totally changed my life. I'm not saying that I don't still get nervous and scared when I walk into a new situation, but but I remember. Okay, look for the good look for the good. That's good. So then the third one that, that we have for categories of rejection is unintentional rejection. Now this is, this is where, you know, maybe I'm talking to one of my daughters and I come across really uh, abrupt or very, have a sharp tone of voice and they, and I don't mean to reject their idea, but I totally just dismissed it. Or maybe it's, I am really passionate about a conviction or or something. And my friend doesn't share it. But in my excitement to share this, she feels rejected. And that wasn't my intention at all. So that's an unintentional rejection. And the way that we can reframe this is to remember to, I guess, hold. I've had to learn to hold my convictions and personal preferences um, lightly and not insist on someone else. And also, and that's just for me, but also I can, I can choose to not be offended. You know, I can choose to not, you know, if someone spoke to me in a sharp tone of voice or, um, didn't quite have the response I was hoping for, that's an unintentional rejection and I can choose not to be offended. So those, there's two ways that we can reframe an unintentional rejection. Mm.
0: And that, that choosing not to be offended is huge.
1: Isn't it huge?
0: Because if we don't, we go to bed angry. And what does that do?
1: Ah, come on in, enemy. I know it's not a good thing. Exactly. So choosing to not be offended. You know, I think it is um, Proverbs again says, you know, it is our glory to overlook an offense. So Mm. with unintentional rejection, I just choose not to be offended. And if I've, unintentionally rejected someone I'm quick to apologize Mm -hmm. so and then the last one and is intentional rejection and I found that this is to be one of the most painful forms of rejection because it the heart behind it is malice the heart behind it is to hurt someone Mm -hmm. and that is you know intentional rejection and I share a story of one in my in my book and it's not, it hurts. And so to reframe an intentional rejection really starts with admitting how badly it hurts and then seeking God for healing and the ability to forgive.
0: Yeah. And remembering that wounded people wound, wound exactly. other people.
1: Exactly. So. Hurting people hurt people. Yep. Yep. So...
0: And that's anyone that's going to intentionally reject yes. someone else. Yes, I mean at least someone that loves the Lord. Yes, you know, I mean yes. that is definitely um, some woundedness and some hurt yeah. that yeah. is not resolved, and yeah. you're get, and you're getting the the, the, the of the stick. Exactly. Yeah. exactly, exactly. Wow! And when we can see it that way, we have compassion for them.
1: Don't we though? And yeah. I think that is the most important thing that we can have is is to just develop a passion yeah. for others. You know, we don't live in a vacuum. We It isn't just about me and my hurts, but it's also about other people and the battles and the wounds and the scars that they carry too. Yeah. And living with this, um, fear of rejection or trying to eliminate rejection kind of puts us in this defensive position where we're, I feel like I sometimes picture this castle and we've got all of our soldiers' weapons pointed out at other people. And I just think when we live with knives out at one another, Mm. um, we're just asking for a recipe for more pain and more hurt. So yeah,
0: we're expecting the worst. Yes. Yeah
1: we're not looking for the good. (laughs) No, we're not.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. So what is some practical advice and encouragement that you can give to women who live with trying to get the approval of others in order to avoid rejection? What are some of the things that we do to make others feel rejected? Ah. And then what can we do instead to lift and affirm them?
1: Okay. So that is, that is a lot of There's a lot of little questions in there. So Mm -hmm. first of all, I want to address the people pleasing. A practical tip is to get out your concordance and find out and search for um, what the Bible says, what God has to say about you, his created one. Mm. Ephesians 2.10, for you are his workmanship. Workmanship is that is in the Greek is defined as a person of notable excellence. And mm-hmm. when we're struggling with wanting other people's approval, what we're actually saying to ourselves is that we don't really think we're we're not excellent because we're waiting for someone else to put a little check mark behind our name that says Jessica Van Rukel, excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? God already did that. So the first practical step is to allow God's spirit to sink that truth deep into your heart. Mm. And to remember that he already says, you are excellent. You're my person. My opinion is the number one opinion that you need. Mm. So those are two tips for the person that is trying to overcome people pleasing So what do we do to make other people feel rejected? Well, sometimes we get a little self-focused. We think Mm. it's all about me. We think it's all about me, my family, my problems, my, my, my. And I think the one thing that we can do is start serving other people. We can think we can become others focused. I think Philippians 2 talks about having the mind of Christ and being poured out for others. And so some of the things that we can do to make people feel rejected is we can dismiss their opinions if we disagree with them. We can take sides, you know, with other, you know, join sides, I try to avoid that at all costs. Um, We can um, assume the worst about someone, Um, especially if you're hearing a story secondhand. There's always two sides, always. Uh, So, but, so what can we do instead? Well, number, I think I covered that, didn't I? We can think about others more than ourselves. We can find a way to bless someone. And we can um, live with arms wide open to everybody, not just people on our side or on someone else's side.
0: Mm, That's good. And even to affirm them. Yes. To find something yeah you know can would encourage them instead yes. of you know we it's so easy to be critical especially when it's someone who you know is assuming the worst of you or whatever
1: yes. you know yes. so yes. To just look for something to affirm i think of affirmation is so important yeah. um and i i think if we can start receiving that for ourselves from the lord not from other people but if we can receive it from the Lord, it's far easier to give it to other people.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to wrap this up with a question about the title of your book, Reframing Rejection, How Looking Through a Different Lens Changes Everything. I love that title. Mm -hmm. Um, So speak to us about the photography references and how you relate it to rejection, because you are a photographer.
1: Yes, I am a photographer and I, I love to take pictures. I do people, I do landscapes. Okay. So this is what I've, this is what I've learned. You can choose what is in your photograph. Okay. So I can take a picture of the sun set and you're not going to see that my yard hasn't been mowed for three weeks because, you know, we had no rain and all that's growing are the weeds or we can be at a beach and, I can frame the photo in such a way that you're not going to see the trash that someone left on the beach.
0: Mm, That's so good.
1: It is. It's about reframing the view. And on the flip side, with photography, we have different lenses that are used for different types of photography. So we can do a wide angle lens where we have this wide view of a vista, you know, the beautiful Black Hills or the Pacific Ocean. And we see so much. Well, in our personal lives, sometimes we need to take that wide angle view so that we can see a big picture. But in photography, we have macro lenses where we stick them on the ends of our camera and we can take pictures of snowflakes and we can see every little crystal and shape. Or maybe we want to take a take a close-up of a flower and we can see all the parts. And sometimes in our personal lives, God wants us to dive in and take a close-up view of what's really going on in our heart. Mm. So that's why I use the lens reference in my title.
0: I love that. That is so, I mean, even the the part about, um, you know, what you see, Yes. you know, you frame it. So that what you see is a good, well, how often do we do that? Like in what we're choosing to put our eyes on. Yeah. Like that person rejected me. I mean, I'm the queen of assuming the worst. So (laughs) you're talking to me, you know, just to choose to, you know, move where the focus is. Yes. So that. It's on what scripture says we should have our focus on.
1: Scripture says that all of us are made in his image. Even the person that hurt us, even the person that wounded us, God loves them too. And, and, and he cares about them just as much as he cares about me. And just framing my picture like that helps me have compassion. It gives me the ability to forgive Um, it. And sometimes though I, I have to frame my picture when I'm in the middle of a fresh rejection. I I can't put my lens on that person because the pain is so great. And that's when I have to focus frame on the Lord and what his word says.
0: Mm, so good. Well, I'm going to close this up with one last question. Yes. So you say that God used your greatest fear to let you experience the greatest freedom. Mm -hmm. Describe what that freedom looks like for you today.
1: Well, it looks like me being here with you. (laughs) (laughs) My fear of rejection has, um, through Jesus Christ, setting me free to chase after his approval and not other people's has given me courage to step into arenas that i never dreamed i i would Hmm. five six years ago
0: right i love that it's been fun to watch the process Mm
1: -hmm. of you
0: you know coming to a boot camp coming to one of our events then signing your contract and then doing all the coaching and all the just all the things it's a it's a labor of you know it's like
1: having a baby It is. Uh, It's a long labor. I had long labors for my babies, but this book, baby, it's (laughs) a long labor. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes. So if we have some people listening today that say, I want to connect with this woman, I I really um, am resonating with what she's saying. Where's the best place for them to do that?
1: Well, the best place, I have a website called Welcome Grace. And twice a month, if you sign up for my email list twice a month, I send devotions where I share a little story, scripture, reflection, and I pray. That's a great place. And I love communicating with my email subscribers. Every time I send a, a devotion out, I have you know some running conversations, go back and forth. The second place is I've started a YouTube channel where I am um, just giving three to five, six minutes of just an encouraging word, because I think we all need a little encouragement. And I just want to really inspire people to follow hard after the Lord, even in the midst of hardship and pain and wounds, maybe wounds from 25 years ago that that are preventing you from taking that next step to go deeper. That's my heart is to encourage and to inspire you to view life through the lenses of faith, hope, and love in God. So.
0: Mm. Love it. So YouTube and your website.
1: Yep. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram, but you know, not everybody is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jessica, this has been absolutely delightful. I'm so glad we got to do this and, um, just excited with what God's going to do with this message because it's um, it's needed and it's exciting to see him give you such um, a creative slant on the topic
1: yeah. uh, in a way
0: that really is fresh. So well, thank you so much for being with us today
1: well thank you so much for having me and thank you for helping me make this possible i wouldn't be here without you so it's a symbiotic relationship too so thank Thank you thank you
0: all right my friend bless the rest of your season of launching the book and (laughs) just doing things uh that you've never done before and it's just going to be exciting to be along with you on the ride
1: oh i'm excited i'm glad you'll be here (laughs)
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.